Hello everyone and welcome to Friend Diagram. This is the podcast where two friends catch up and find common ground between their favorite media. I'm Remy. I'm Kat. And today we will be discussing the podcast Normal Gossip and the 2022 film The Banshees of Inishirin. Warning, spoilers ahead. Back from vacation, (laughs) baby. How are you doing, Kat? It's been the longest hiatus of recording I think we've had so far. It has been. It's been two weeks, three weeks? I think at least three. It's crazy. Yeah, I'm good. I'm feeling a lot less burnt out after a nice long holiday. So that was really nice and ready to get back into recording. I had lots of time to read and watch movies and TV Mm. shows over break. So I've got kind of a running list of things I want to talk about on the pod. Uh, Excellent. That's very exciting. How was your holiday? It was good. I went home, stayed with Corey and his fiance, Cassie. My mom and my stepdad came up and stayed as well. And so we just had a nice time hanging out there. Awesome. And I came back to the city before the new year. So we spent um, the new year at um, kind of like a dinner party with a few friends in Brooklyn. So that was really nice and low key, which is exactly how I prefer my New Year's to be. And you were kind of like out of the city proper. So was it a little less crazy without like the ball drop being right by you guys and stuff? No, yeah, I didn't have to interface with that whatsoever, (laughs) which is also my preference. Oh, good. That's so nice. Ooh, Mm -hmm. that sounds like a really fun way to spend New Year's Eve. I love that. It was very nice. Yeah. We spent New Year's Eve at a little cabin. So for Scott's Christmas present, I got him a... Uh, like two nights stay at a cabin in a local state park, like two hours from us. And it was absolutely perfect. It had like a wood burning fireplace. I bet it smelled phenomenal. It was great. I came back smelling like a campfire and yeah. I washed all my clothes and the smell didn't come out. So I had to wash them all yeah. again. No, keep it. <laughs> But we basically had the fire going um, for like 14 hours on New Year's Eve. We burned it from like noon until midnight when we finally fell asleep. So that was really fun. And um, there was a little mouse friend. Uh, He was, he startled me a little bit just because I wasn't Mm -hmm. expecting to see him. But he spent Mm -hmm. most of his time in the walls. So we bonded. It was great. And yeah, it was just the most relaxing cabin stay ever. I love that kind of camping. Um, And it had like a (laughs) modern shower and bathroom. And it's just so nice. It was a little too icy to do like any of the trails or anything around Mm. there. So we couldn't really do any hiking. Oh, yeah. I just loved getting out of the city and having mm-hmm. an excuse to like not go out on New Year's Eve and um, oh, yeah. just kind of stay in. We made like hamburgers and steaks on New Year's Eve proper. Mm-hmm. And it was just a really nice time. So that sounds awesome. Yeah, it was incredible. And now I'm like proselytizing to all of my friends here. Like, you've got to go to these cabins, they're so fun. Cool. And you got to see your family? Yes. Yeah. So we, 
there was like a crazy snowstorm here in the Midwest. Mm -hmm. I know that you guys just ended up getting a lot of rain by you for the most part. We got like a huge wave of rain when it was like about 50 degrees Mm -hmm. and then it plummeted when the polar vortex came this way Uh. to you know, like very bitterly cold temperatures for a few days. So we kind of switch between extremes, which is always concerning in terms of, you know, like pipes and yeah. those sorts of things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was just very cold. We did not have a blizzard though, like you guys. Yeah. So we were meant to start driving back to my mom's place on Friday, but it was still like blowing snow everywhere because it snowed Mm -hmm. a whole bunch. And then it was not wet snow, so it was just blowing around everywhere. We ended up leaving on Saturday morning pretty early, and a lot of the cars from the blizzard had not been towed along the highway. So between like a... I would say like a 10 mile stretch, we saw like 30 car carcasses that had just, it must have been people who were like, oh, I can make it to like go to work really quick and like only had to do kind of like local highway commuting. Mm -hmm. And they just got stranded in the snow. So scary, brutal, but I don't think anyone like was hurt in our area from the Mm -hmm. snowstorm, which is good, at least. Mm -hmm. I know that it was really bad in some places. So yeah, definitely. But yeah, so we ended up going back, seeing the family. Um, my gnocchi turned out pretty good. So oh, good. That was great. Yeah, I actually, speaking of weather, I forgot that I got stranded midway through my trip home oh. on that Friday you were just talking about. Even though we weren't having a, a blizzard or anything, Yeah, I was taking the train home and... It's almost, it's about like a three hour train trip. And halfway through, we were at the stop in Philadelphia and they were like, okay, everybody, everyone has to get off the train. This train's canceled. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Um, you can't cancel it when I'm already on it and we've made it through half the trip. You can't do that. What am I supposed to do in Philadelphia? Oh man, Um, it was really bizarre they never explained it they never said oh like oh no no there was no explanation they were just like your trip is over now <laughs> so how long were you stranded like a few more hours because, oh okay um they were like oh just get the next train coming through that goes to your destination um completely you know not acknowledging that that train will not have room for a complete yeah other trains worth of passengers that's exactly what i was just thinking (laughs) yeah and so So you had to like fight for your spot on this next train exactly and i was not successful (laughs) oh no (laughs) because it they do it it's basically like a lottery in a way because you're all kind of standing around waiting to see what platform it will be assigned and then it's whoever can get to that platform first. Oh, no. And if you're standing near that platform, then, you know, good for you. You won the lottery. But if you're far away, oh, <laughs> there's no. nothing you can do. And so I was probably maybe like midway through the line of people. Mm. And I bet they admitted 10 to 15% of the line. Oh, no. And we had been waiting over an hour for that next train because mm-hmm. everything started to get delayed, I think, because that cold front was moving through and messing Mm -hmm. things up. 
And I was like, wow, if only 15% of people made it on this train and the next train is in another hour, in an hour and a half, Mm -hmm. how many trains, A, are left in this night and Mm -hmm. how, because it was nighttime, and uh, how many will I have a chance to get on? I was like, this was looking really bleak. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I obviously called my family to be like, I'm not going to be at the train station when you expected. I don't know when I'll be there. Mm-hmm. They just keep saying, wait for the next train. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a horrible system. Yeah. That's a terrible system. It's not that good. <laughs> and also, poor people who were meant to get on that train in Philadelphia and are also <laughs> trying to get on that train, and they mm-hmm. have, like, tickets to get on. Mm-hmm. And that's where their journey is beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, um, and so basically... The next train came and I was, I was like, I'm going to be so pissed if they reassign us to a new platform because everyone that Mm -hmm. didn't make it on that first train, that first backup train, we all stood in line and preserved our order in line Mm -hmm. in the event that the next train would also come to that platform so that we weren't like reshuffling and having the lottery again every Mm -hmm. time a new backup train came through and luckily it did come to that same platform so I got to keep my spot in line mm-hmm. and I was watching how many people were deboarding so oh, okay. that I could get a sense of you know what proportion of the line would get on and I was like more people yeah yeah more people leaving and um I was like many more people got off that train. So Mm -hmm. I think a really good chunk of our line got on that one and I got on that one. So Mm -hmm. I was only waylaid like three plus hours in the end, but it was just so bizarre. I've never been kicked off a train before. It was the strangest thing. They're usually so reliable and it's usually like, it's very stressful getting to the train on time Mm -hmm. and once you sit down and the train is moving, you're like, oh, I'm safe. I'm good to go. Until and I don't I have stop. to worry about anything anymore. You don't have to worry about anything. But now that peace of mind is gone forever. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, yeah. Well, at least you got there the same yeah. day you meant to get there. I was I worried that you, like, spent the night in the train station. I was like, no, 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 no. Oh, yeah, that would have been You really could have bad. always called our mutual friend, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was, like, going through my mental Rolodex of who I still <laughs> knew in the area. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would have scrounged around and found someone to mm-hmm. take pity on me. <laughs> oh, Oh, man. Should we jump in? Sure. Okay, perfect. Um, so I'm going to go first today. It's been a while since we did a normie ep. I know. We've had like a long string of special episodes, top <laughs> fives, head to heads, and now we're back to a regular old episode. And as a reminder, we both bring our favorite piece of content from the last week. And then at the end, we will make a friend diagram, which is like a Venn diagram where we figure out where our two pieces of media overlap. Mm -hmm. I'm really excited to be talking about the podcast Normal Gossip. And this is a podcast that began in January 2022. So it's been going for about a year now. 
and it is hosted by Kelsey Montress of the um, Defector Network. And on each of these episodes, the host Kelsey and a comedian guest discuss one piece of anonymous gossip that was sent in about a friend of a friend by a listener. So the <laughs> listener, it's not gossip about the listener who's writing in, it's gossip about like one of their friends or acquaintances or something like that. So it makes for a really fun episode because the host is basically reading like a polished version of the story that was sent in. So she has put in like these decision points and like, what would you do in this point of the story? What would you do in this point of the story for the guests to react to? So it's really fun to kind of have those decision points kind of thrown in. And they're also really good at restructuring the stories in a way that doesn't give away like important twists in the story. (laughs) Because when I start a like a story about something I like give away the end right at the beginning Um, (laughs) and (laughs) and I don't like structure it in a way that makes it like super exciting to listen to and so it just like makes for really good storytelling it's just a storytelling podcast and I had a bunch of uh, monotonous work to do the last couple of days so basically Thursday through Saturday I have been listening and binging this podcast while I do my work, and I have completed the first season and a half of the second season, which is about like 15 episodes of this podcast, and there are only three seasons out right now, so I'm about halfway through the whole catalog, but it has brought me a lot of happiness in the last couple of days, so I hope that people go listen to this One of the things that I really love about this podcast is that there are a huge breadth of topics covered on it. It's not just like your normal average gossip, and I really liked that. So Remy, you know that I am extremely sensitive to a cheating subplot, and the first two episodes of this uh, podcast kind of involved a little bit of cheating, (laughs) but like it wasn't like the crux of the story, but I was like, ooh, I don't know if I'm going to like this podcast because I'm like very sensitive to that, but um, as I continued listening... I saw that there was a much larger breadth of the gossip that was going to be sent in and these stories just kind of got crazier and crazier. So the topics so far uh, have been things like sorority sister bridesmaids, suburban soccer dads fighting about squirrels, orchid con artists, magician cults, and so much more to choose from. Fun. And I feel like this podcast has just given me a greater appreciation for just how weird people are and the strange things that they do. Mm -hmm. Because it's just, it's not your everyday gossip. So I just thought it was really fun to listen to all of these very odd stories about very strange people. (laughs) It's literally called normal gossip. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So that gets into kind of restructuring how people think about gossip and like the purpose that gossip has held in our society for many, many years that we don't even really think about because it's so stigmatized and it has such a negative connotation. But one other thing that I really like about this podcast is that each week 
each different guest, the host asks them what gossip means to them and like, what do they consider gossip? When have they used gossip? Do they consider themselves a gossip? And each guest has a slightly different answer and they really prioritize um, having people on that are from diverse backgrounds as well. So each guest is a comedian personality. A lot of them are podcast hosts themselves. But it's kind of a diverse set of backgrounds, which is really nice. And um, it's come up several times that gossip has been used previously and currently to help protect marginalized groups from certain people in society. So gossip is one way that we communicate like, hey, that person's not a good person to interact with. Like you should probably be careful around them or um, use use caution going forward. And one of the negative aspects of this stigmatization of gossip is that it makes people more uncomfortable and it controls people's use of that specific tactic because people can just shoot back like, oh, she's just gossiping or, and oftentimes they talk about how it's stereotypically thought that women are the gossipers and mm-hmm. um, not, we can't take women seriously because they're just gossip and they're just running the rumor mill and things like that. So um, it's been really interesting to hear their uh, conversations about that and Um, has definitely made me rethink why people gossip and like what purpose it serves. And I just thought that was a really cool aspect of the podcast as well. Yeah, I sampled a couple episodes after you told me it was going to be your uh, topic for the week. And that was my favorite part was people discussing the role that gossip plays in their lives and basically their philosophy Mm -hmm. on the different types of roles that gossip can serve. And I really liked the range of answers Mm -hmm. that the different guests that I listened to had, but there was definitely some level of consensus, Mm -hmm. especially um, a role that I've always thought of as important that gossip can hold as like an avenue for subversion Mm -hmm. when institutional powers are um, not adequate, if that For makes sure. sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, like a good, a good old fashioned whisper campaign <laughs> is sometimes the only thing that you can do when, uh, the institutions that are meant to protect you don't actually function in that way. For sure. Uh, so I really like it when people talk about the subversive na- nature of gossip, mm-hmm. cause I just love anything that is subversive and, <laughs> The, but also, you know, people also talk about it as different types of gossip. Like there's some that, you know, is important information to get out there, but sometimes it's just for fun Mm -hmm. and sometimes it's just an act of social bonding and there can be many different reasons for it. And Mm -hmm. I think it's, it's fun to destigmatize that. And I love that they include that as part of the pod in every episode. I really liked, um, oh gosh, 
Oh, yeah. The title of the episode was No One Tells Josh Gondelman the Good Gossip. And like when he's talking about this question, he's talking about how uh, he's just like the kind of guy who like all of his friends go to the bathroom to do drugs. And he's like, wow, they just all had to go to the bathroom at the same time. And (laughs) (laughs) so all of the gossip just kind of flies over his head because he's just kind of um, a little naive. And I really related to that. (laughs) But yeah, so I put together just a top five list of my favorite episodes for people if they'd like to check those ones out. So I have on this list season one, episode six, Nemesis by Proxy with Delia Kai. This is a really fun one about like family dynamics and like weird double lives. Um, so I, I mm. kind of liked that. There's season one, episode eight, Spot the Scammer with Claire Fallon and Emma Gray. And this is one about a group of law school graduates who go on like a big international Asia trip after graduating and uh, chaos ensues. There's also season two, episode one, Grandma's Best Friend, Dot, with Danielle Henderson. That one's really good. It's about like a family vacation where everything kind of goes crazy. Season two, episode three, Squirrel Enthusiast with Tracy Clayton. And season one, episode two, Dickmatized with Sam Sanders. Mm -hmm. So those are some of my favorite episodes if you want to check those out and get into the podcast. Yeah, I listened to that one this morning. I got through like the first three episodes i want to say i definitely got to the the one where they have all the boxes in the hallway (laughs) of the apartment building i quite enjoyed that one just because it was so strange yeah yeah (laughs) that one's told really well i really like that one yeah yeah Um, so what do you think of it i like it i like anything that is storytelling Mm -hmm. i feel like it's i don't know it's so tricky whether whether and how and if you should draw a line between gossip and storytelling mm. because it almost doesn't feel like gossiping. It's just someone telling you an interesting story. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think that there's like a mean-spirited nature to no. the gossip in this. Um, like sometimes they'll like take no one's side in the story and those are kind of some of my favorites where they're like I think everyone's in the wrong and that they all deserve each other and (laughs) this is a wild situation but like I don't Mm -hmm. feel bad for anyone that's kind of fun but there's never like flat out mean-spiritedness about these stories but you could see gossip coming from that like the whole town kind of like whispering about it or something yeah I know. And that makes sense if you like know the subjects of the story. Mm -hmm. Because to me, gossip is always about someone I know, or at least I know of. Mm -hmm. And I like the host. I think the host is really funny and um, pleasant to listen to. So yeah, and I really like how she builds in those decision points, like Mm -hmm. you pointed out earlier. I think that's a really fun way to break up the story and mm-hmm. to get the guest to almost kind of not just explain what they would do in the situation, but kind of guess about what happens next. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I 
I kind of really like it when the guest and the person in the story are fully aligned. So yeah. you kind of like get to see how it would play out because the person in the story is making the same choices as you. So it's like For a sure. choose your own adventure in a way. Yes, exactly. Yeah, it's very fun. But I, it's also kind of funny when they're like, well, the mature way to go about this would be X. But then if I was feeling really immature, or if I was like really angry about it, then I would do this. And yeah, it, it's just funny to hear everything that the guests have to say. <laughs> and the guests are always just fantastic. They're so funny. So yeah, the Sam Sanders one, I really like that guy. Yeah, He's so funny. I uh, I was so mad at the boyfriend in that story. Uh, he really irritated me. <laughs> yeah. The first two, it only gets better after the first two. But yeah, that's kind of all I've got on that. I really, I just really enjoy it. Yeah. I wonder how they source all of those and vet them and how they decide which ones they want to broadcast. Yeah. I know that they've got a producer that sometimes appears on it. Mm. But yeah. What a joy. I'm trying to think if I have like any follow-up questions about the pod, but it's like really straightforward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And usually I can't like focus on podcasts. Like we've talked about this before, Yeah, but like I have no trouble focusing on every word of this podcast. So it's really? like really good for helping me like get back into that sense of presence that I've been trying to work on and like being mm-hmm. present. It, this podcast has actually been really helpful for helping me feel more present and like locked in on something. So that's really good. Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait to hear if you like some of the later episodes too, because there are ones that like really stick out to me. And <laughs> I think you'll really like um, the squirrel enthusiast with Tracy Clayton. Okay. It gives like big little lies vibes, but like mm-hmm. <laughs> not if there was murder, if there was not murder involved. Okay. <laughs> but like all of the like interpersonal drama between the families, mm-hmm. if all of that was being like spearheaded by the men <laughs> about mm-hmm. squirrels, it would oh, be man. big little lies. People are so strange and the things that I know put energy into so- is baffling. Yeah. It's really good. Do you know what you would send in if you had to send in a story? Oh, for sure. You have one already in mind? Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. I bet that'd be good. Yeah. (laughs) Um, No, actually, I don't know a lot of gossip from my hometown, but I bet our mutual friend would know a ton of gossip. She would be great to write in. She's I've heard gossip from your hometown from her that I've <laughs> she been like. She loves it. I was like, I want to go there and be a part of this. This yeah. is how intriguing it is. Yeah. Oh my God, the witch party. The where witch they party like is what I'm thinking the- of. <laughs> That's a party I would like to attend. <laughs> yeah. We should definitely do that someday or make our own, honestly. I think we should attend the official one and mm-hmm. learn learn how it's done and then we yeah. can carry the torch henceforth. Yeah, you got to come out here. Mm-hmm. You got to make a trip to the Midwest. I don't even know where I would begin if I had to submit a piece of normal gossip. Like, oh I don't know what social circle I would pull from. Hmm. I'll have to think about it. Yeah. You should try to be a guest. Oh, the dream. (laughs) Maybe someday. 
Do you want to know something fun? I do. I told Corey about the pod. Oh, yay! When I was home. Yeah. I told him and Cassie. I was talking with them. It was funny, actually. I was showing them wedding photos from Mm -hmm. my wedding, and I got to one with you in it. And I was like, oh, that's my friend Kat. We do a podcast together. (laughs) (laughs) And they were like, what? (laughs) I love that. And I was like, oh, we have a podcast. And they were like, like a real... A real podcast? And I was like, yeah. And I like pulled it up on Spotify and showed them. And they were like, that Remy, she's just so full of mysteries. <laughs> <laughs> mysteries and secrets. Mysteries and secrets. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, good. I'm glad you told them. That's great. Yeah. Well, that's all I've got on normal gossip. Fun. What is your pick for the week, Remy? My pick for the week is the 2022 film Banshees of Inisherin. Mm. Um... This uh, came out towards the end of the year. It was one of many films that I really wanted to see in theaters in that, you know, end of the year window where a lot of the sort of Oscar aspirational films are released. Mm. I had like a list of probably 10 films that I really wanted to see in theaters and I didn't see any of them in theaters (laughs) because it's such a pain in the ass Mm -hmm. to get to the theater here that actually shows them Mm -hmm. that it just was not feasible whatsoever so I was like well hopefully it'll come to streaming soon because I was particularly excited for Banshees because I knew it was another Martin McDonough film. Mm -hmm. He's written and directed In Bruges and Three Billboards and a lot of pretty popular movies, but you know I'm a big fan of his, particularly because of The Pillow Pillow Man. Man. (laughs) Yeah. So I always, you know, perk up when I hear Mm -hmm. he's coming out with something new. And... Luckily, Banshees came to HBO a couple weeks ago, so Mm -hmm. I was able to watch it at home, and I've watched it um, like a couple times since then, Mm -hmm. and I really enjoyed it because it's not a very, it's like simple in plot and premise, Mm -hmm. but there's a lot of room for consideration and interpretation which Ooh. you know is what I love. That's I love your shit. To, I love to dig into a film and be like, I think this means this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so this is um, fertile ground for that type of um, consideration. And it is, a, I mentioned the plot is very straightforward. And the plot is basically that Colin Farrell, he is living on the island of Inisherin off the coast of Ireland. And he's good friends with Brendan Gleeson's character until one day when Brendan Gleeson decides that he doesn't want to be friends with Colin Farrell anymore and ends their long-term friendship. And Colin Farrell is, you know, understandably surprised and Mm -hmm. confused and is baffled yeah doesn't understand what's happening because brendan gleason doesn't give much of an answer he just is like we're not i don't like you anymore 
uh, don't speak to me anymore. We're not friends anymore. Oh, no. I know. It's, like, really sad. <laughs> Especially if you're conflict-averse like me. Mm-hmm. It's a little hard to watch just emotionally at first, but it you can get through it. It'll be mm-hmm. fine. Because <laughs> it's like a comedy at heart, right? Comedy drama? You could call it a black comedy okay. at heart. Yes. Yeah. But also lots of parts drama as well. Okay. Yeah. That's a fair fair assessment. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the inciting incident. And then you follow Colin Farrell as he grapples with this decision that his friend has made and tries to puzzle out the motivation behind it and whether it's something he can fix and mend the relationship or not, essentially. Hmm. And then things kind of escalate when Brendan Gleeson becomes frustrated with Colin Farrell like repeatedly trying to mend the friendship and like work through it and be like I'll change in this way and you know trying to get things back on track Mm -hmm. and so he kind of sets an ultimatum that if Colin Farrell talks to him again he's gonna cut off one of his fingers and if he talks to him again after that he's gonna cut off even more of his fingers (laughs) He's going to, wait, sorry, he's going to cut off his own fingers or Yeah, Colin his Farrell's own fingers. fingers. Okay. His own fingers. Like, yes, sorry. this is a threat to oneself or a threat to others, and I need, the distinction is very important here. <laughs> yes, thank you, thank you. That's okay. His own fingers. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, which, is, it's a bizarre ultimatum either way, mm-hmm. but yes, so that's kind of where the stakes get set, and the number of characters is pretty limited. So Colin Farrell, he lives with his sister uh, in their little house. She's played by Carrie Condon. Mm -hmm. She's really excellent. I love their dynamic as a small little family unit. Um, She's there at... uh, to act as like a voice of reason and a sounding board when Colin Farrell comes home and is distressed about the end of his friendship. Mm. And the other really good supporting character, actually my favorite character, I think in the entire film is the character Dominic. He's played by Barry Keoghan and he's a really interesting supporting character. I wasn't sure how I felt about him at first, but I really enjoyed his arc throughout the film. He's kind of this person on the island that um, everyone kind of looks down on and makes fun of. Um, Colin Farrell often like comforts himself um, by explaining that, like, at least he's not dumb as Dominic, because Dominic is definitely the dumbest person on the island, and that's kind of the role he plays in their, like, small village. Um, but I think he ends up kind of illustrating a really important part of the message of the film, at least in terms of how I've chosen to interpret it. So I ended up really liking his character, and also Barry is, like, so good in everything. That, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how he does it. That guy is great. Mm. Um, But yeah, there's just so many things I loved about this film. The scenery on the island Mm -hmm. is incredible. It is so beautiful. It's beautifully shot. I mean, 
It's immaculately shot, but the scenery is incredible. It made me really want to live on this island. It's you wonderful. just want to live on an island. <laughs> you don't care if it's Midnight Mass, Anna <laughs> any of them. Um, yeah, God, it's gorgeous. And speaking of supporting cast, there's also a bevy of supporting animal actors that play fairly prominent roles in the story Uh that are just like these animal actors are phenomenal (laughs) what kinds of animals there's dogs and horses and miniature donkeys and there's like goats and birds and uh, the dog and the donkey are the two most important ones. They're mm-hmm. like the main companions of our two central characters, but they they just add something really sweet to <laughs> the story when it's all just like human conflict and mm-hmm. then the simplicity of that like wholesome companionship you get. From an animal that mm-hmm. doesn't understand the conflict, but they're there for you anyway. Ugh, they are really, really sweet. So I loved that. Loved the scenery. But the one thing I would say that this film has that really stood out to me is just really fucking good dialogue. The dialogue that Martin McDonough writes is always great. I think this is his best dialogue. I don't know how to describe why I like it so much, but it's funny. It's definitely very funny. The comedy really comes through in the dialogue, and you really get a sense of each person (laughs) through their dialogue, which I know is the function of dialogue, but uh, it's so hard to describe why I like it, but there's just something about it. It sets a tone that is very consistent Mm -hmm. throughout the film. And I just, I love it. I think he, he's a really standout dialogue writer, for sure. Mm. But yeah, so basically, I don't know how much I want to give away because it's not really a film, I don't think it's really a film you can spoil mm. in a lot of ways because there's not a lot of things that happen. So I don't know. It's like I want to explain to you what I think the film means in a larger sense, mm-hmm. but that would entail spoiling a couple things that I guess you would count as spoilers because they're some of like the major things that take place. I don't know. I mean, I'm fine with you spoiling it for me. Okay. And like, I can just put timestamps in the show notes for people to like jump to if cool. they don't want to hear spoilers. Okay, cool. Then I'll do... This will be, like, heavy spoilers from here on out. Here's your warning, everyone. So... Beep-boop, beep-boop. (laughs) Beep-boop. A really interesting thing. Eventually, before, like, the finger threats come out, um, Colin Farrell gets Brendan Gleeson to admit, like, more about why he has chosen to suddenly end their friendship. And the, like, reason he gives... Like, the first real reason he gives is that he's, like, done some reflecting, and he's a musician. He plays the violin, and he's decided that he hasn't contributed anything that's going to leave a lasting legacy for him. Mm -hmm. And he's become really concerned with dedicating 
time and mental energy to composing a violin piece that will outlive him and be a lasting legacy for him. And he doesn't want to let Colin Farrell take up his time and energy anymore by being like a boring friend that he always goes to the pub with at Mm. two in the afternoon. And that's like a really brutal way to put it. But like, that's his basic Mm -hmm. reasoning is that he only wants to like dedicate himself to this art so that he can leave some type of impression on the world. Mm. And Colin Farrell just doesn't fit into that lifestyle for him. And his character's older than Colin Farrell's character, right? Yes. Um, I guess considerably so, but Mm -hmm. uh, Colin Farrell's character is like, well, are you dying? Like, what has brought this on? And he's like, no, I'm not dying. This is just something I've been thinking about, basically. Mm -hmm. And so Colin Farrell is like, well, why can't we still, like, chat like normal? Like, why can't (laughs) we still hang out some? Like, you can't you just do both? But he, like, apparently feels very strongly that mm. he can only leave the legacy that he wants to it if he cuts Colin Farrell out of his life. And which, yeah, you're making a face like that does not compute. And I completely <laughs> agree with you. I think that definitely you can have room for both in your life. But I think mm-hmm. that is part of what feeds into my interpretation mm-hmm. of the film at large. And I think the biggest clue that informed my interpretation is that Brendan Gleeson's character does hold true to the threat to chop off his fingers. Mm. He chops off five of his fingers. No! In the end. And, um... Wait, how do you play the violin with... You can't. Oh. So, he... Yeah, he chops off one, and then he chops off four later on. And he throws them at Colin Farrell's house, which is just rude. (laughs) (laughs) And so it's literally like self-defeating that he chooses to chop off his fingers when those are essential for playing the violin. It's almost like he's like giving himself an excuse to not, I don't know. I think that's exactly it, actually. I think he decided... Not that he decided. I think that there's a lot of themes in the film. Like, there's a lot of themes of loneliness and those sorts of things. But, like, the really interesting idea that I latched onto was the importance of having a dream and an aspiration Mm -hmm. and something to work toward. And I think Brendan Gleeson's character, he sort of realizes the importance of this dream of having a dream for his specific one to be like a remembered composer because he had been grappling with feelings of despair Mm -hmm. and had some sort of reckoning where he realized that he has to hold on to this dream of doing something to be remembered and it becomes so important to him that he's willing to sacrifice his friendship with Colin Farrell's character in service of keeping that dream alive. And so Mm. he puts that responsibility on Colin Farrell's character of, like, if you do something outside of my control, then I'm going to, like, chop off my fingers. Mm -hmm. And so, like, in doing that, he 
has somebody to blame. He has somebody to blame that mm-hmm. isn't like so that he can't blame himself and he can't blame his like lack of skill or mm-hmm. his, you know, lack mm-hmm. of commitment to that dream. Exactly. I think he's like externalizing the blame. Yeah. And mm-hmm. yeah. So he like sacrifices his friendship with Colin Farrell in like service of preserving that myth of his potential greatness. Mm. Um, Strange. Yeah. <laughs> and I think um, a B plot that underlines this message of the importance of having that dream is sadly um, Dominic, he has a dream to date Colin Farrell's sister and he like, works up his courage throughout the movie and eventually like asks her like oh would you ever you know date a guy like me and she says no and turns him down Mm. um and uh sadly he um drowns himself in a lake on the island but before he does it i think the very last piece of dialogue that he has is well there goes that dream and it's (laughs) The, That's so uh, sad. It's the best line in the movie. Yeah. I think it's phenomenal. And that's when it like clicked in my brain. And I was like, oh, this is all about self-preservation mm-hmm. is preserving something, preserving a dream. And how if that's all you have to hold on to, you have to do everything you can to preserve that dream. And mm-hmm. when Dominic no longer had that dream to keep him going, he chose to end his life. And there's other, there's like a, a throwaway mention towards the beginning of the film of another person on the island that um, took their own life. And so there's definitely this like theme throughout of despair and suicide Mm -hmm. and people giving up. And so um, all of those collectively, I think, are why there has to be something going on that Mm. is um, underscoring the importance of holding on to a dream and an ambition. And even if that means, you know, sacrificing something meaningful like a friendship, Mm. if if that's the only way you can hold on to it Mm. it's a very dense film it's really good i'm sure there's a million ways to interpret it that's just sort of the ones Mm -hmm. that were really salient to me there's a lot of other um i mean the dialogue is really rich they talk Mm. about the irish civil war is going on in the mainland Mm. and obviously that is another type of conflict and I don't know a ton about the history of that conflict, but I'm sure there's uh, some sort of parallels between that and the interpersonal storyline going on. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's just uh, there's a lot of interesting commentary on the role that the church plays on the island mm-hmm. and the small police force, and there's also this older woman who lives on the island that um ha- foretells tragedy and so she has this weird like mystical role mm. that freaks people mm. out and it's all really <laughs> it's all really great and it 
is very rewatchable because there's so much detail and so much information and so much to dig into. For sure. Yeah, and I guess one a final piece of evidence that I thought like underscored the the point of how important that dream is is that the piece that Brendan Gleeson's character is writing, the musical piece he's writing that he wants to be his legacy, he titles it The Banshees of Inisherin. Mm-hmm. And so the title of the film is you know, that piece. And that's why I think that like underscores how important that is, that it becomes the central title of the entire film. Hmm. Yeah, that sounds really good. Yeah. Where's that streaming now? HBO? HBO, yes. HBO Max. And yeah, I highly recommend it. I didn't watch any of the like interpretation or explainer videos on YouTube yet because Mm -hmm. I wanted to like give my take unadulterated but Mm -hmm. i'm sure those will be really interesting to watch as well there's like a i'm sure there's like a million different ways you could approach dissecting the film there's really interesting uses of color especially in people's clothing that i noticed um those are that's probably something people can dig into but yeah the role of the different animals also, I'm sure there's someone out there that has a really interesting interpretation of that. It's really neat. It's a lovely film. I highly recommend watching it. And it just has really... Uh, I just love the portrayal of the life of this small community on the island. Mm-hmm. And I think you would really like this part. There's like a like a news agent's office where the mail is delivered and there's like a small store in there where you can get food and whatnot. And the lady that runs the store, whenever people come in, she always demands that they tell her some news. And she, because she wants to hear what's going on on their corner of the island. Uh And she, if it's like something really juicy, she'll be like, oh, that's good news. But if it's not, she'll be like, that's not good news. (laughs) And she's like, what do you doing? I need you to come in here and give me some good news. And yeah, it's really fun. Oh man, all the characters are so good, I know. Uh, Yeah, and it's great. They even talk about like what's normal chat and what's like (laughs) boring chat or something like that Uh because Colin Farrell is trying to defend his, you know, resume as a friend and that he brings good normal chat to the table. (laughs) Oh man, that's great. Incredible. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Well, that transitions us perfectly into our friend diagram, I think. Let's go for it. What do these two things have in common? So, obviously, you just said uh, that there's a news lady who wants mm-hmm. all the hot goss, all mm-hmm. of the tea from the island. Um, so, that ties in really well with this like theme of uh, gossip. While you were talking about um, the... Oh, gosh, the older individual's, uh, like, story at the beginning where he was like, I don't want to be your friend anymore. Like, Mm -hmm. that's a perfect example of, like, an odd person with a motivation that you just can't, like, you just can't figure out right away. And Mm -hmm. that's, like, how all of the normal gossip stories start where I'm like, this person seems weird and I can't figure out what exactly their motive is for this. And, um, so yeah, that's one overlap I thought of while you were talking. 
Yeah, and that's an excellent point because the cessation of this friendship very much becomes fodder, like gossip mm-hmm. fodder for the rest of the island. Like everyone at the pub knows about it and yeah. Colin Farrell's sister hears about it and everybody like gets involved and mm-hmm. weighs in and they're constantly <laughs> telling Colin Farrell like what to do, what to try. And then oh. once like the finger ultimatum comes around, they're like, you know, don't talk to him. <laughs> Definitely don't talk to him. Don't even test it. And everybody becomes involved because they're, it's like the main, the main conflict for Mm -hmm. everyone in the whole village. (laughs) Is there a pot stirrer that's like, do it anyway? (sighs) Good question. Uh, I think Dominic. (laughs) (laughs) I love Dominic. Dominic stirs the pot for sure. He Uh, likes to get the excitement going. He doesn't like when things are dull. Um... (laughs) Yeah, even okay. like even like the br- the village priest becomes involved, wow. and that's like a whole thing. Yeah, <laughs> it's good stuff. Yeah, that's good. Um, also, I thought that the throwing fingers at the house um, <laughs> was just a very odd detail and very surprising twist to the story. So that uh, kind of made me think of obviously no one's chopping off their fingers and throwing them at their friend's house in normal gossip, but it kind of mm-hmm. made me think of a a very strange outcome to one of the stories that would make me like gasp while I'm listening to the pod. Yeah. And I think after I like sat with the the movie and considered what I thought the main message was, I was almost a little surprised that Colin Farrell was the main character because it Mm. seems like the main messages and the main like inner turmoil is really taking place within Brendan Gleeson's character like he's the Mm. one that has made this huge life-changing decision that he's gonna live his life in this certain way from now on and he like you know carries out self-mutilation in order to you know further that new decision and he's just going through so much but it's really opaque from the outside from like the viewer's perspective because you're only following Colin Farrell's character Mm -hmm. so you're only getting like this outside information the whole time Mm -hmm. and I thought it was an interesting choice I certainly think it works but it almost it very much, you know, aligns the audience with Colin Farrell's character, mm-hmm. not just because he's kind of like the guy that's being dumped in like the friendship, but it lets you like follow him and have the same amount of information as him. And you can ask yourself like at different points, like, what would I do if mm-hmm. I were Colin Farrell now? Like, there's definitely a series of decision points, very much like normal gossip, where mm-hmm. it's like, well, would I confront Brendan Gleeson after, you know, this conversation we just had? Or now that the the line has been drawn in the sand about the fingers, like, now what would I do? Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I think it's really interesting that you, you very much sympathize with Colin Farrell's character. So mm-hmm. you're constantly asking yourself, like, what would I do if, if I was him? Like, he's so nice. I just want... <laughs> I just want things to be okay. And um, it's, yeah, yeah, it's interesting seeing like what decisions he ultimately ends up making. Yeah. And it's curious because from what you've told me, it seems like there's like this 
larger thread, this larger idea of like needing a dream to survive. And it Mm -hmm. makes you think like, what is Colin Farrell's character's dream? And like, what is his motivation? And Mm -hmm. it seems like his motivation is like having this real cool friend that he thought Mm -hmm. he had. And just like the two dreams are like fighting against one another kind of too. Yeah. Like composing this a great piece of music in total isolation versus like this friend who is like determined to be with his friend. Mm-hmm. I guess I'll have to watch it and see what I think about Colin's character. Yeah, definitely. I didn't spoil like all of the things mm-hmm. that happens. Like he, he makes some choices <laughs> at the end that may surprise you. Who knows? <laughs> all right. I am intrigued. Yeah. Ugh. It's really good. I actually started watching it again before we recorded. Oh, nice. And now I want to go <laughs> finish watching it. It's very rewatchable. Thanks for joining us this week on Friend Diagram. Thank you to Tyler Seek for the creation of our intro and outro music. Did you take any of our recommendations? Have any thoughts on the show? Let us know at frienddiagrampod at gmail.com, and we might read your email on a future episode. If you can, please take a moment to rate and review the show on your podcast app of choice, and we'll see you back here, same place, next week. Bye for now.